Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the I Declare Show. Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. I Declare It. Check out IDeclareMedia.com. And always remember, no matter what, know your value. No matter what, know you matter. You're listening to the I Declare Show. Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. I Declare It. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to the I Declare Show, the real, raw, and right now of India Declare. I'm sitting in for India tonight. She will be back next week. My name is Alpha. And um, where do you start? Where do you start and how many lives will it take for the media to respond? To this serial liar. Um, with everything that uh, is happening and all of the advancements in the Mueller investigation, the latest indictment came down. It was Roger Stone, Mr. Mr. Self-proclaimed dirty trickster. And um, I have to say. Um, Give him as many years as you can possibly give him. Uh, five counts of perjury, lying to Congress, uh, one count of obstruction of justice, and one count of witness tampering. Now, you can't beat uh, lying to Congress. It's in transcripts. What you said is what you said. Oh, by the way, each one of those uh, line of Congress charges carry five years, if I recall. But the big one is witness tampering. It's from 6 to 20. Roger Stone is 69, something to that effect. He could very easily spend the rest of his life in prison, and that's what he should be facing. Maybe not for perjury or obstruction of justice, but this is where you have the uh, the Glinda, the good witch of the north, with her wand and her tiara on her head, and she's saying, you know, dear, karma's a bitch, only if you are. And that seems to be where we are. Roger Stone needs to pay the piper 
and he needs to go away for the rest of his life. All the people who couldn't get him, but it appears that he stepped in it this time. And um, if not, I'm not surprised. I'm simply encouraged that um, he can be beaten down. That he can be um, dealt with. That his roosters or his chickens will come home to roost. That's how I like to say it. I need a, I need some type of mic check. I know India has had problems, has had problems with her audience hearing her. So, whoa, I could get a mic check if I could get somebody else in the chat room. <laughs> There's no one in the chat room. And uh, I'm wondering about this. If I have to fly, fly solo, I will. But um, no one's in the chat room to tell me whether or not you can hear me or not. So I'm going to soldier on, believing that you can hear me, believing that um, everything is just fine. The uh, racist in the Oval Office is talking about declaring a national emergency after he had to eat crow. And he had to eat crow because Nancy Pelosi fed it to him coal. And feeding it to him coal is no problem because he deserves it coal. Now he's going to, have you noticed his technique? His technique is, I'll declare a national emergency and take money and take land from citizens and declare eminent domain where eminent domain is not um, I would have to say it's not feasible here uh, a national state of emergency is not feasible that is abuse of power and the Democrats response to this should be they will immediately start articles of impeachment against him for abuse of power because that's exactly what it is. I don't believe he will survive the court challenge. All of the court challenges are sitting by waiting and they're going to fire them off. And like I said, I, I really wish someone would show up in the chat room so you can tell me if you hear me or not. But um, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Game over, man. Game over. What do we do now? The, I call it the hot topic now. And this is what, yeah, it's getting late for an old man. This is what the media wants to pounce on. And if you see every ex-conservative, every never-Trumper, like the Joe Scarboroughs, like the Stephen Schmitz, like all of the never-Trumpers, they see this opportunity 
to not support the Democratic side, but to try to resurrect the bodies, the dead bodies, that is also known as the Republican Party. They are questioning, what does he stand for? What do they think? What does Kamala Harris stand for? And they're constantly being told what they stand for. Medicare for all, a livable wage, all of the things that Republicans don't stand for. And I just don't understand why there aren't more, I'll call them uh, loudspeakers on these issues. These issues need to be disseminated, and they need to force their way onto the media stage, because that's how they win. Republicans are always on in front of a microphone and in front of a TV camera. The particular stories that are out there now of the governor, newly elected governor, Democratic governor of Virginia. I posted the story um, Ralph Northam, the newly elected governor of Virginia has a high school yearbook page where he's in blackface. Uh, or he's in a clan's clan outfit. Now, he's a Democratic governor out of Virginia. He comes out to say he's sorry, to apologize, but yet he won't say, was he either in blackface or he was he in the classroom? You can't differentiate the two. You can't separate the two. That's the bottom line. You have to actually, you have to really ask yourself, is one better than the other? And I'll have to say, hell no. But the narrative is he must step down. And it's the same narrative. Democrats are attacking him just like Republicans are attacking him. And one very interesting tidbit to this. The news media are saying, well, shouldn't so-and-so, Cory Booker endorsed him, Kamala Harris endorsed him, and this is all before this info came out. So now they want to put pressure on the newly announced candidates to uh, denounce him. And they, they, they should, but give them an opportunity to do the right thing. Give them the opportunity to denounce him. And if enough Democrats come out and de demand that he step down, he might not just be that closeted Republican and step down. 
So, it makes you kind of have to ask yourself, huh? Exactly. Which one is he? And is this the biggest story, or is this just uh, majoring in the minors? And there are bigger fish to fry out here. I don't see it as a small story. I see it as him trying to step up and do the right thing. I know you got just got elected to governor, but stay in your lane, bro. Stay in your lane. And that doesn't seem to be the consensus thought. They want him to step down, and they want him to step down now. Oh, by the way, the lieutenant governor is a black man. And if he steps down, then the lieutenant governor will be governor. I guess that chills the shit of all of them. Because uh, <laughs> I'm surprised the Republican side aren't calling for new elections. Forget about the process or what has been can still be. A black man is lieutenant governor, and they will want to change the rules. That's where we are in this country. That's who we are in this country. The Klan, the neo-Nazis, the alt-right, the white supremacists have thoroughly infiltrated every sector of our society at every level of our society. You can find them. I've got a little meme that I post in most of these rooms, these uh, comment rooms, you know, that allow you to also put a picture up. And the picture simply is a photo of Klansmen. And it asks the question, why do Klansmen wear hoods? Because when they're done, they take them off and they are your politicians, your governors, your congressmen, your judges, your police officers. Your everyday Joes, but like I said, the Klan and the bigots have infiltrated every level of our society, every level. Don't fool yourself. Don't be that one. You can get caught in it. and not do the right thing as the now governor of Florida did or just go down the line. The governor of Georgia. The Rick Scotts, the former governor of Georgia. Governors throughout these, this country, especially in the South. You have to own what you do. And no better way to own it than to fess up. And how many of you have seen um, Krispy Kreme, Chris Christie? 
he's trying to be relevant again. He's trying to uh, make his case so he can possibly run in 2020 until we get the, the promised answers about the bridge. He didn't know anything about the bridge. He is uh, non grata when it comes to becoming president. He's out pushing the book now where we've come to find out that it was he and Jared Kushner in a war, in a nasty, ugly war of attrition. And I come to find out that um, Christie, when he was attorney general, I guess, or of New Jersey or the district attorney to something like that, he locked Kushner's daddy up, although his daddy confessed. So I don't see how the hell is he They're blaming Christie for it. Kushner's daddy was a crook, and he locked him up for it. That's why Kushner and uh, Krispy Kreme don't get along. And Kushner took it out on him as he backstabbed him. Krispy Kreme could not be the attorney attorney general. And that's how that story is playing out. You have all kinds of whistleblowers former White House staff blowing the whistle. And could you, did you all see the, just the total gaslighting of the American people? Here's a man who saw what the generals were saying about national security, the intelligence, the intelligence people who represent the intelligence of this nation. And he comes out and lies on them. They told him that their words were taken out of context and they were misquoted. How big a coward do you have to be? All he can do is fire you. And once he fires you, you can come out and broadside his ass. And those are my questions. How big of a coward do you have to be as Donald Trump holds a vault of Republican testicles in a safe and he's literally holding them hostage, holding their morals hostage. He's got them hooked up. He's got him hooked up. Hey, look at here. Age comes with consequences, too. <laughs> and I say age comes with consequences. It definitely comes with consequences. So, when I come back, I want to talk about the far left. 
and just the use of the term the far left because the far left are neither. They're not far and they're not left. But Republicans will definitely have you believe it. Oh, he's far left. They're, they're far left. When in fact, the far left is right in the middle. Is what the majority of the American people want. They're not far left. So, like I said, when I come back, we're going to chop that bit up because uh, it should be covered. It should be spoken on. We say the truth must be spoken more than once. So crazy is is when I hear people, uh, you know, uh, particularly in the morning shows of MSNBC, you know, Stephanie Rule and these other folks talking about, uh, you know, the far left. You got to worry about the far left. The Democratic Party, had, you know, if they if the far left takes over, there's going to be a big problem. Look at the polls, right? This is a poll that was conducted uh, in 2016 by GBA Strategies on behalf of the Progressive Change Institute. It's a serious, solid poll by a reputable polling company. These are positions that Stephanie Rule and, and many of the others on the on, on MSNBC and and I, I have great admiration for her as a reporter and as a uh, as a you know a former uh, financial person. I mean you know she's she's great, but she's wrong on this. You know talking about the the far left in the Democratic Party. These are your far left positions and how much support they have in the United States, which would indicate that they're actually centrist positions, not far left positions. Do you want to allow the government to negotiate drug prices? 79% of Americans say yes. Should students get the same low interest rates as big banks? In other words, student loans at 1% or 2% instead of 7 or 9%. 78% of Americans say yes. Should we have universal free pre-kindergarten? 77% of Americans say yes. Should we have fair trade that protects workers, the environment, and jobs rather than the so-called free trade? 75% of Americans say yes. This is of all parties, right? Should we end tax loopholes that, that for corporations that ship jobs overseas? By the way, those loopholes were just expanded with the Republican tax scam. Should we end those loopholes? 74% of Americans say yes. Should we end gerrymandering? 73% of Americans say yes. Should we allow Medicare for all? Single-payer health care in the United States. Now, again, you know, the morning shows on MSNBC would characterize that as an extreme left position. 71% of Americans say yes. By the way, every other developed country in the world has already done this. It's not rocket science. Should we disclose corporate spending on politics and lobbying? Transparency. 71% of Americans say yes. Should the NSA be required to get warrants before they spy on us? 71% say yes. Should we spend $400 billion a year, a modest sum, on infrastructure projects? Right? I mean, this is, this is Bernie Sanders. 71% of Americans say yes. Should we have debt-free college at all public universities? 71% of Americans say yes. S Stephanie and others, this is not the far left. This is the center of America. Should we expand Social Security benefits? 70% of Americans say yes. 
Should we have a full employment act? Should the government be the employer of last resort, as Franklin Roosevelt was the last president to do with the WPA and the CCC when, when capitalism fails, like it did in 2008, and hundreds of the millions of people are thrown out of work, 700,000 people a month for month after month for a year? Should the government step in and say, if you can't find a job, we will create a job for you? 70% of Americans say yes. Should we retrain coal miners and oil workers for clean energy jobs? In other words, should we be promoting clean energy, wind, so 70% of Americans say yes. Should we end tax deductions for fines that Wall Street bankers pay when they rip us off? Did you know that, that they can deduct that, the fines that they pay? 70% of Americans say yes, of course. This is just common sense. These are all, you know, should, the, should we have transparency in trade negotiations? 66% of Americans say yes. Should tipped workers get the full, uh, full minimum wage? 64% of Americans say yes. Should we eliminate the Electoral College? 65% of Americans say yes. Should community college be free nationwide? 63% of Americans say yes. Should all corporate political spending be required to be approved by shareholders? 66% of Americans say yes. Should you require a special prosecutor in every case that a police officer kills someone? 61% of Americans say yes. Should we guarantee net neutrality? Now, keep in mind, this was two years ago this study was done. The support for net neutrality has gone up since then, because back then most people didn't even know what it was. 61% of Americans say yes, guarantee net neutrality. These are not far-left positions. This is the center of America. Are there any questions? <laughs> Are there any questions that there is no far left? This is the PR campaign of the right, of the rich, of the money. They don't want any of these things to take place because they're so afraid that someone else will gain power. And at some point, we have to face the facts. Face the facts. 646-595-4309. That's the number to call in on if you, if you wish to call in. Please do so. Um, there are so many things to talk about. There are so many things to cover. But I wanted to play that to get this idea that there is a far left. Who's the far left? Who's the far left? Elizabeth Warren, the far left? I don't think so. These are centrist ideas. These are ideas that we have to come to grips with. I'm still looking for somebody in the chat room to tell me if you can hear me or not. But I guess no one wants to go in the chat room. I see 312 on the line. I don't know if you can hear me or not, but you're on the phone. So I wonder if anyone in the was on the board other than phone calls. I wonder, is it going out? Well, I'm not going to worry about it. 
I'm just I'm just hoping. And uh, let me get back to to this clown in the White House. He is getting his ass thoroughly kicked. And today, Mitch McConnell, of all people, Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has issued a stern warning to President Donald Trump regarding the possibility of declaring a national emergency to fund the border wall he promised voters that Mexico would pay for. According to the report, McConnell met with Trump privately at the White House on Tuesday and warned that the move could trigger political blowback and divide the GOP. Oh, you don't have to worry about dividing the GOP. Democrats won't help. They'll sit silently while he does whatever he wants to do. Even though there is legal precedent and the lack of an emergency. There's a lack of an emergency, period. The Republicans held both the House and the Senate for two years. Why didn't they fund this border wall? Or was it because they were waiting on Mexico? They were waiting on Mexico to do it? Someone tell me, please, please. Someone tell me. Give me a clue. Give me a little sign. If we take our time and get right down to it, I'm sure we can get through this. Donald Trump and the mother, did you see the boy Whitaker, the acting attorney general, he come out there sweating like a slave. Like a bald-headed pig. Oh, by the way, he's under investigation for fraud and the whole nine yards. And he continues to, um, as Republicans continue to violate the Constitution. But let it be said or let it not be said, because the Democrats are surely not going to challenge him about it. There are certain things that you have to acknowledge, and honest people have to acknowledge that in the in the hierarchy in the grand scheme of things. Either you're American or you're a Republican. My my disappointment with Democrats are their lack of messaging and setting the table. Those who have heard me here on this show in speaking with India and those who have heard me on my show, I beat that drum on a constant. There's a constant and repetitious drumbeat of the lack of messaging. Donald Trump messages to his base 
and he keeps them all round up, all round up, just keeps that anger and hatred flowing. But now the pundits, the, oh, it was George Will, Mr. Republican is saying he worries that the Democrats aren't running a good candidate and Man, get. I think at some point they beat us down with wishful thinking. You know, I had uh, on my uh, Facebook wall people who I am friends with on Facebook. They were posting Kamala Harris with her white husband. They were posting stories of how she incarcerated more black men than anyone in California's history. And I had to sit there and wonder to myself, is she arrested or is she just simply prosecuting what's sent to her? And give me a break here because there are, there are, things that Kamala Harris has done. And she's done it for, there was one particular story about um, how she used her office to get, uh, to get a drop on the, what was it? The, um, had to do something with um, the banks and the money that the banks would repay when as they got caught and she was able to trick the banks into paying into fessing up and, and actually paying was it two Two million, two billion dollars, something to that effect. I'm uh, searching for it now. <laughs> I'm searching for it now. I see Elizabeth Warren. Oh, I know what I wanted to query to the listening audience. The um, the play. And the name of the play is uh, Hamilton. Uh, one of my one of my favorite tunes coming from Hamilton now is in the room where it happened. <laughs> no one was in the room where it happened. No one knows how the game is played. The art of the trade, how the sausage is made. a real catchy tune and it it's so apropos you can apply it now you'll be able to apply it next year and the year after that but each and every each and every uh, scenario situation it can be applied well it's a little catchy tune and I see why the play has been so successful I didn't, um, I really didn't get to 
I really didn't get to um, download this particular clip, and this particular clip is nothing new. Uh, Martin Martin Luther King had, was, was saying the same thing that uh, Elizabeth Warren was saying. And uh, it was it was so profound because Elizabeth Warren basically took them to task, and she basically took them. In, and I'll post it in the chat room. So anybody wanting to grab it from the chat room, feel free, because she she basically repeated. What uh, Martin Luther King Jr. repeated, the Reverend Martin Luther King, um, he had the same message. So, here at the beginning of Black History Month, and welcome, welcome to Black History Month. And you need to pay attention. And spread the knowledge that you have. Spread the, spread the, the absolute. And I call it absolute because that's exactly what it is. It's the absolute knowledge that there have been many, many, many African Americans who have contributed to our society not just in labor, unpaid labor. They've contributed to our society with their inventions. And I would be, you would be, we all would be remiss if we didn't grab a hold of those inventors, those history makers and teach that, literally teach that to our youth. When I say teach that to our youth, I'm simply saying you've got to pass it on. The list is long. Black inventors are <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame. Somehow I can't see this. The inventor of the air conditioning unit, Frederick Ives, 1949. The Alvinette, Benjamin. Beckert, 1791. And I may have gotten his last name wrong. Forgive me for the print. It is very small, and my eyes have betrayed me. This is a substantial list, and it goes on and on and on.
Bernanke. That's his name, Benjamin Bernanke, the almanac. You know what? After a while, my 17-year-old granddaughter just came in and enhanced my screen. <laughs> well, what can I say? Auto, the auto cutoff switch. Granville T. Woods, 1839. The auto fishing device, you know, the one that cheats and allows you to hunt fish underwater. You can see them. So you know where it casts. Auto fishing device, George Cook, the baby buggy. That was in 1899, the auto fishing device. The baby buggy, William H. Richardson, 1889. Oh, okay. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's, here's one I can relate to. Biscuit cutter. The biscuit cutter, that's right, the biscuit cutter. Alexander P. Ashburn, 1975. <laughs> Chamber commode, is that anything like a toilet? Thomas Elkins, 1897. Here's one. Clothes dryer, George T. Sampson, 1971. Clothes dryer. Curtain rod, Samuel Scrotum, 1892. And you know what? I go down this list and I go down this list, and it's stunning. The list is long. The list is... Admirable, because if you listen to what white supremacy taught our history, none of these people have ever been mentioned. None of these people have been given acronyms. None of these people do you know about until you get old enough. Curtain rod support. <laughs> William S. Grant. Now, Samuel Scrotum. Been at the curtain rod. Curtain rod support. I guess that's what you put it into the wall with and the anchors or whatever you have. Doorknob. Get this. The doorknob was invented by Osborne Dorsey, 1878. The door stopped, 1878. Osborne Dorsey. Egg beater. William Johnson, 1884. You know, this is a long list. I got to tell you, it just goes on and on and on. The elevator. The elevator was invented by a black man, Alexander Miles. 
I protected her. You know, the goggles you wear so you don't get a spark in your eye or metal in your eye. 1880, Powell Johnson. Fire escape ladder. Save a life, why don't you, black man? Joseph W. Winters, 1878, fire extinguisher, Thomas Marshall, 1872, folding bed, Leonard C. Bailey, 1899, folding chair, Nathaniel Alexander, 1911, fountain pen, Walter Purvis, 1890, furniture casters, David Fisher, 1878, gas mask, Garrett Morgan, 1914, the golf tee, oh, the old golf tee, George T. Grant, guitar, yeah, the guitar, Robert F. Fleming Jr., 1886, the hairbrush, Lydia O. Newman, 1898, hand stamp. I didn't say tramp stamp. I said hand stamp. Walter B. Purvis, 1883. And there's a bunch of them here. And it's like insect. No, I'm sorry. I don't don't want to. I went from hand stamp and I skipped one, which has to be one of my favorites. It's called the ice cream scoop. Alfred L. Cradle. Insect Destroyer Garden, Albert C. Richardson. These are in the 1890s. Ironing Board, Sarah Boone, 1887. Keychain, Frederick J. Loudon, Lantern, Michael C. Harvey, 1894 and 1884. Lawn Sprinkler, John H. Smith. Lemon Squeezer, oh yeah. John Thomas White, 1893. Locke. Washington A. Martin, 1893. Lubricating Cup. I won't go into that too much, but uh, it's 1895. Lunch Pail, James Robinson, Mailbox. Paul Downing, 1891. And, folks, this goes on and on and on and on. And it is in uh, some kind of alphabetical order. And I'm at the M's, maps. Thomas W. Stewart. And it goes from M to T. So just think of how many more are there uh, in this list, long list. Black man invented the rolling pin. Black man invented the record player. Pencil sharpener, George W. Carver. 
the list goes on and on. And yet we are told that uh, the African American did not contribute to the society. Do you remember the racist in Iowa? Was it Stephen King talking about Europe and how whites were the inventors of of the uh, I would call it the existing uh, renaissance of Europe, when in fact, everybody looked at him like he's a damn fool. Now he's he's kind of like in hiding because his last racist remarks have drawn sharp rebuke from his colleagues alike, but he won't step down. So if you wait on them to step down, forget about it. Republicans don't step down. They take their shame to the grave with them. To the grave with them. It's not a difficult thing to to believe or to even think about. Brother Gil Scott Heron, I don't know how many of you understand who Gil Scott Heron is, but uh, he's this uh, performer with a huge voice, a huge baritone voice. And uh, he put this poem together about Civilizations, discovery, contributions. Listen to it. I was wondering about our yesterdays and digging through the rubble. And to say the least, somebody went to a hell of a lot of trouble to make sure that when we looked things up, we wouldn't fare too well. And we would come up with totally unreliable pictures of ourselves. But I compiled what few facts I could, I mean, such as they are, to see if we could find out a little bit of something And this is what I got so far. First, white folks discovered Africa. They claimed it fair and square. Cecil Rhodes couldn't have been robbing nobody because, hell, there wasn't nobody there. The white folks brought all the civilization because there wasn't none around. How could the folks be civilized when there wasn't nobody writing nothing down? And just to prove all of their suspicions, well, didn't take too long. They found out that there were whole tribes of people in plain sight running around with no clothes on. That's right. The men, the women, the young, and the old righteous folks covered their eyes. And no time was spent considering the environment. Hell no, this just wasn't civilized. And another piece of information they had, or at least this is what we were taught, is that unlike the civilized people of Europe, these tribal units actually fought. And yes, there were some crude implements, and yes, there was primitive art, And yes, they were masters of hunting and fishing, and courtesy came from the heart. And yes, there was love and medicine, religion, intertribal communication by drum, but no paper, no pencils, no other utensils, and hell, these folks never even heard of a gun. And this is why the colonies came, to stabilize the land, because the dark continent had copper and gold, and the discoverers had themselves a plan. They would discover all the places with promise. You didn't need no titles and deeds. Then they would appoint people to make everything legal, to sanction the trickery and greed. 
And back in the jungle, when the natives got restless, they would call it guerrilla attack. And they would never describe that the folks finally got wise and decided that they would fight back. And still, we are victims of word games. Semantics is always a bitch. Spaces once referred to as underdeveloped are now called mineral rich. And the game goes on eternally. Unity kept just beyond reach. Egypt and Libya used to be in Africa. They've now been moved to the Middle East. There are examples galore, I assure you. But if interpreting were left up to me, I'd be sure every time folks knew this version wasn't mine, which is why it is called his story. <laughs> That's right, his story. We had nothing, nothing. We contributed nothing. That's what the miseducation of black people carried. We produced nothing. We spoke of nothing. We had nothing. Absolutely. That's why you got bad blood. The miseducation of the Negro. Welcome to Black History Month. My name is Al Fault. I'm sitting in for India Declare, the real, raw, and right now of the India Declare show. India will return soon. I believe at the beginning of the show, I said next week. But uh, I haven't been giving that heads up yet. But I'm hoping she will return next week. The entire scenario. And tell me something. Have you seen the way they attack Carl? AOC, AOC got him shook. AOC has them shook. This 29-year-old woman of color, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she has got them shook because they are all over her. The criticism. Oh, you got Newt Gingrich beefing with her. You got Megan McCain beefing with her. You got Ann Coulter beefing with her. This is how they do it. They have a network of attacks. These are the people who are instrumental in the PR campaigns to bring down the image of those bright stars, those shining lights. Well, even one of the, she was named to one of the committees by 
Nancy Pelosi. And the Republican had the gall, I think it was Meadows, had the gall to say something to the effect like, this isn't child's play. I I'm just you know, I'm I don't I don't have the exact quote. But uh she slapped right back on it. Slapped right back on it. Kamala starts, she announces it all over Capitol. And the thing about it is even all over Canada. Why did you put so many black people in prison in California? I guess some of them, most of them did wrong. She did not bring the case. She simply prosecuted the case that was brought to her. So don't get that circular firing squad thing going here because uh, it's just not going to work. 646-595-4309. 312, you do know you have to press 1 if you want to talk. But if you want to just listen, listen up. I think that's house music level, but uh, you can step in and talk to me anytime, house. I'll take your call. You know I'll take your call. But every turn, every, I would call it every stop, they have this PR narrative of criticism with the what do you call them with the uh, with the questions? What are they going to do? What is he? What do they stand for? Donald Trump ain't told you a damn thing he stood for. His answers are: We will see. We will see what happens. He lies continuously with those statements. People are coming up to me. Ain't nobody coming up to you. But they continue to do the same thing. Democrats continue to be silent. Just not understanding them. I really not really not. I don't get it. We don't set the table. See, had they set the table earlier, all of the things that Donald Trump is doing now, people would be on to it. Did you see where they're pulling out of the uh, nuclear disarmament treaty, the nuclear whatever the hell they call it, and now we're going to head right back into a nuclear arms race. Yeah. What could go wrong with this? What could go wrong here? Clock, it's the top of the hour.
I want to say the one thing that progressives have to do because there aren't any going to the microphones and cameras is to keep the base stoked. It's not just enough to have great ideas. And as you, let's face it, let's face it, progressives have the ideas that are popular in the polls. As Tom Hartman laid out, 60% to 79%. Things like Medicare for all. Things like a livable wage. Things like the restoration of voting rights. The majority of Americans on both sides of the aisle want to see this. I say make voting a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I say fill the neighborhoods with enough polling places and voting machines that standing in line will be a thing of the past. Standing in line must become a thing of voter suppression because it disenfranchises so many of us. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's in a battle now with the Washington Post who uh, fact-check political discourse is noble in theory, but it can easily go wrong. That's what happened in 2011 when PolitiFacts, lie of the year, claimed that Republicans wanted to end Medicare was actually true, as Paul Ryan, Steve Ben, and others pointed out. I'm sorry, Paul Krugman, not Paul Ryan. Paul Krugman. Writing for Columbia Journalist Review, Greg Marks summarized the problem with PolitiFact's reasoning. You can't report your way to a conclusion that it's okay to say, as leading Republican Mitt Romney has, that the GOP plan will fundamentally transform Medicare and basically okay to say, as President Obama has, that the plan would end Medicare as we know it. But those are the fruits of a PR campaign, a well-orchestrated PR campaign, when there's deafening silence on the other side. This is how they do it. This is how they roll. And I would just hope that progressive Democrats, especially now since the blue wave has struck them, let's prepare ourselves for a blue tsunami. The Women's March. Have you noticed that the trolls and the 
PR campaign has chopped into the women's march. They're no longer a unified force because someone is following that nonsense that they're anti-Semitic. And because um, I guess one of the leaders of the particular movement likes Louis Farrakhan. I got no problem with that. The racists like Donald Trump, and they don't turn against Donald Trump. If you know better, you do better. And we need to do better, period. We're losing the war of communication. Six four six five nine five four three zero nine is the number where I can be reached. Talk to me quick. <laughs> Talk to me quick. We have to take this back. Take it back a long way. Hell, what does it matter? My good friend India has a a, a studio board where you play the clips, you know, you grab the clips and you, you play the clips. Sister girl got like 20 pages. <laughs> 20 pages. And when I come in and I look at these 20 pages, I say to myself, what is this? I don't know what any of these clips are saying. So I had to add a few of my own. And uh, I didn't have time to add any more. I got the all the info. I ain't going to tell that I had time. I just thought maybe I would be able to, uh, how you say it, I would be able to see the, or recognize some of the clips that are already up. And, of course, they overwhelm me and knock me down and kick me and kick sand in my face and send me running home crying like a little, you know what. (laughs) But that's basically what happened. I want to play this one for you. This is Robert Wright. It's called The Common Good. And that's what these billionaires like Schultz, who's jumped through his hat into the ring. He's he's not what you think he is. He's a paid spoiler. Throw your hat in the ring and cut the Democratic progressive vote off so Donald Trump can dance into the White House again. But the common good is... um, what we need to focus on. Donald Trump once said he identified with Ayn Rand's character, Howard Rourke, in The Fountainhead. An architect so upset that a housing project he designed didn't meet specifications, he had it dynamited. Others in Trump's circle were influenced by Rand. Atlas Shrugged was said to be the favorite book of Rex Tillerson, Trump's Secretary of State. 
Rand also had a major influence on Mike Pompeo, Trump's CIA chief. Trump's first nominee for Secretary of Labor, Andrew Puzder, said he spent much of his free time reading Rand. The Republican leader of the House of Representatives, Paul Ryan, required his staff to read Rand. I grew up reading Ayn Rand. It's inspired me so much that it's required reading in my office for all my interns and my staff. Uber's founder and former CEO, Travis Kalanick, has described himself as a Rand follower. Before he was sacked, he applied many of her ideas to Uber's code of values and even used the cover art for Rand's book, The Fountainhead, as his Twitter avatar. So who is Ayn Rand and why does she matter? Ayn Rand, best known for two highly popular novels, still widely read today. The Fountainhead, published in 1943, and Atlas Shrugged in 1957, didn't believe there was a common good. She wrote that selfishness is a virtue, and altruism an evil that destroys nations. When Rand offered these ideas, they seemed quaint if not far-fetched. Anyone who lived through the prior half-century witnessed our interdependence through depression and war. And after the war, we used our seemingly boundless prosperity to finance all sorts of public goods, schools and universities, a national highway system, and health care for the aged and poor. We rebuilt war-torn Europe. We sought to guarantee the civil rights and voting rights of African Americans. We opened doors of opportunity to women. Of course, there was a common good. We were living it. But then, starting in the late 1970s, Rand's views gained ground. She became the intellectual godmother of modern-day American conservatism. This utter selfishness, this contempt for the public, this win-at-any-cost mentality is eroding American life. Without adherence to a set of common notions about right and wrong, We're living in a jungle where only the strongest, cleverest, and most unscrupulous get ahead and where everyone must be wary in order to survive. This is not a society. It's not even a civilization because there's no civility at its core. It's a disaster. In other words, we have to understand who Ayn Rand is so we can reject her philosophy and dedicate ourselves to rebuilding the common good. The idea of the common good was once widely understood and accepted in America. I mean, after all, the U.S. Constitution was designed for we, the people, seeking to promote the general welfare, not for me, the selfish jerk, seeking as much wealth and power as possible. Yet today, you find growing evidence of its loss. CEOs who gouge their customers, loot their corporations, and defraud investors. Lawyers and accountants who look the other way when corporate clients play fast and loose, who even collude with them to skirt the law. Wall Street bankers who defraud customers and investors. Film producers and publicists who choose not to see that a powerful movie mogul they depend on is sexually harassing and abusing young women. Politicians who take donations, really bribes, from wealthy donors and corporations to enact laws their patrons want or shudder the government when they don't get the partisan results they seek. And a president of the United States who repeatedly lies about important issues, refuses to put his financial holdings into a blind trust, and then personally profits off his office and foments racial and ethnic conflict. 
The common good consists of our shared values about what we owe one another as citizens who are bound together in the same society. A concern for the common good, keeping the common good in mind, is a moral attitude. It recognizes that we're all in it together. If there is no common good, there is no society. It's Robert Rice called the common good. Majority of your Republicans are Ayn Rand disciples. This is how they can be so uncaring, so ruthless, so power mad. It's all about you know, common good, damn everything else. Power. Fortunes. They are against helping families. They are against helping the poor. They are against helping the homeless. They are against helping the hungry. Everybody's supposed to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, even if they don't have boots. Even as the system has been rigged. Even as white privilege flourishes. America. That's right, the lesser of two evils. Trump, Hillary Clinton. Do you want Hillary now? She is the she was the lesser of two evils. She was exactly the lesser of two evils, and you simply have to call it call this song exactly what it is. Now you have the many of the people with buyer's remorse. Oh, and by the way, Tuesday will be the State of the Union address. And Stacey Abrams from Georgia, the gubernatorial candidate, she will give the reply, the rebuttal. But uh, where are the rest of these, these people? And just like Republicans did, they should have, what, Ron Paul had, Rand Paul had a rebuttal. Everybody had a rebuttal, and they were aired. Democrats should demand more than one rebuttal. Elizabeth Warren should give a rebuttal. All of them should give rebuttals. One thing that India mapped out, and I think it was a great idea, last week, I would hope that Stacey Abrams' rebuttal will be to call him a liar, to literally call him a liar and give the real State of the Union. And the State of the Union is children in cages. The The State of the Union is the rise of neo-Nazis. The state of the union is the rise of bigots. The state of the union is you call the cops on black people to institute your racism, knowing that 
police department are full of clansmen, soldiers of the clan, who will do your bidding. And if they should happen to kill the black person for barbecuing in the park, the little girl for selling water to make it to Disneyland, then so be it. This has to stop. Because how long will it take before people of color become radicalized? The most dangerous person in this country now, a white man. White man. They do more mass killings, more racial killings. It's just how long? How long before the car bombs began to go off? How long before someone gets sick and tired? You as you saw in Dallas where five police officers had to die. And one of the police officers had a a tattoo on his forearm of the Iron Cross. That's from the Klan. Military-trained AK-47 swinging African-American started shooting. And when the smoke cleared, there were five police officers dead. What is it going to take? 646-595-4309. Ask the number. Ask the don't be afraid. Give me a call with your true colors. Give me a call with your true colors. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I heard my boy Jay. I don't know if any many of you know who Jay was. Jay, or who Jay is. Jay is a frequent caller to my show, and sometimes the end of his show. And <laughs> Jay called Mark Thompson's show and got slapped down because the nonsense he was raising, and that. and then he had called Karen Hunter's show the day before and got smacked down. You know, it's one thing to to have uh, a relevant argument, a relevant debate. But uh, Mark Thompson just slapped him around. He called him a troll right off the bat. But uh, they, they, used to, they used to go by the name Bebo. Back in the day of U.S. Talk Network, Bebo, Jay has graduated to a more civil Jay. Just Jay. When you get right down to it, when you when the dust clears and all of the whole nine yards, you have to ask yourself. 
How long before someone is radicalized and pushed into a no more else to give? I would just hope that we as a people will continue to control ourselves because there's no win game when that happens. None whatsoever. We can take um, solace in the fact that um, these two years are rolling up fast. And I would hope that Mueller would keep this program terabytes. They see several terabytes of information. Things that I don't know, things that he had in the cloud and the whole nine yards. I'm sure he's going to get some juicy out of that. Take me away from here. <laughs> Take me away from here. Attention, attention span theater is closing in on me. I got uh NBA game going on over my shoulder. But I'm taping it, so <laughs> I'll watch that afterwards. And the thoughts of what in the hell am I gonna eat tonight are dancing through my head, but uh I got this, I got this. I have to completely suspend logic and reality. to continue to put up with this nonsense. And the media treated him like he is a president worth respecting. And he's got his attorney general coming in, and I don't think we will find out what's happened in this debate. Tell me about it. Robert Rice. Undecided? No. Spot on? Absolutely. Robert Rice has always been spot on. Helping the families. Americans deserve family-friendly workplaces. No one should have to choose between providing for your family and being a good parent. In the big picture, as male workers lost ground over the last 40 years, women entered the workforce in huge numbers. Today, most parents are also wage earners, whether in a two-parent or single-parent household. The reality for workers has changed, but many workplaces haven't caught up. What to do? For starters, there is no justification for paying women less than men for the same job. A family-friendly workplace doesn't discriminate. The law should be clear. Women deserve equal pay for equal work. Working parents also need regular hours. Employers should be required to offer all workers predictable schedules rather than being on call. So workers who want to can plan to be there when their family needs them. Third, universal child care. Preschool, 
and after school is now a necessity. When families are unable to afford expensive childcare, they rely on friends or family to look after their kids, and that often doesn't work. High quality, reliable preschool and after school care are critically important to children and their working parents and should be a basic right financed by employers and taxpayers. Finally, families should have the time and resources to care for newborns and for family members who become ill. That's why employers should be required to provide paid family leave for all women and men. The richest nation in the world should enable its workers to be good parents. This is also the best investment we can possibly make in all our children and in the nation's future. There you go. There you go. I have yet to come across uh, a particular topic that Robert Rice has uh, disseminated that doesn't make complete sense, 100% sense. Six four six five nine five four three zero nine. Let's go to the phones. 312, thank you for calling the I Declare show. The real raw right now of India Declare. Hey, what's up, uh, Brother Alpha? How are you tonight, man? House music. I, I figured that was you, but uh, you didn't have your hand up, so I didn't want to answer it to you. Get your, get your hand. You weren't trying That's to get cool. in, were you? Uh, oh, no, just uh, a couple minutes ago when you started playing the uh, Robert Rush uh, clip. Oh, okay. Now, I've been um, okay. sitting back and enjoying the show, and um, I figured I'd call in and uh, chime in a little bit. But um, I missed the first few minutes of the show, so I was wondering if you had a uh, an opinion about Court Booker throwing his hat in the ring. Well, I'm like this with Cory Booker. Yeah, he voted against giving us cheaper meds allowing us to get cheaper meds from Canada. And one other thing that sticks in my craw with Cory Booker is nauseating. It's nauseating as he defended vulture capitalism, venture capitalism, crony capitalism. He was just defending capitalism. He has a history of accomplishments. And once he got his, once he got his uh, stuff together, one thing he did do was come back to the neighborhood to live. Mm-hmm. And everybody's giving him credit for that. And advocate for right. legal marijuana, well, I think. Uh, yeah, but he's ever also advocated for uh, sentencing equality for you know mm-hmm. for those facing sentencing. But yep. I mean, he's done a lot of good. He's done, and I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I've in the past I've said this. I would never vote for Cory Booker, and I've said it. I've said it. I've said it out loud. I didn't make. I didn't. Make it a secret that I didn't care for his his 
uh, corporatism. I didn't care for his his kowtowing to Wall Street on pharmaceuticals. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, if he's the nominee, my only motto is vote blue no matter who. When people <laughs> dislike Hillary Clinton, where are they now? I don't hear from them. I don't see them. Send me flowers anymore. <laughs> mm. And I'm, mm. I, 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 okay. I'm one of the first ones to say, you know, yes, damn right I voted for Hillary Clinton because I didn't vote Donald Trump. Was I right? I think I was right. I think I had a good position. I I took a good position here. Yeah, yeah, you were uh, you were right. Um, you were right to do it. Uh, I guess my um, issue is um, all of the candidates are flawed, um, and of course, there's no perfect candidate. Um, some are worse than others. Talking about the people on the uh, Democrat side, Democratic side. <clears throat> like I was listening to somebody today, yesterday. Um, the days are running together with that that cold snap <laughs> of the last four days. Um, somebody mentioned that Elizabeth Warren was for open borders. And um, well, come you know, I did a little on, research. come on. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, um, no, I was just gonna say I I did a little looking up <clears throat> when I had a few moments, and um, I didn't confirm it, but I couldn't, I couldn't say that was wrong. And um, whatever it ends up being, whether she is against it or for it. One, it's just a stupid term. But two, um, to be on the left and not hear anybody vocally be a proponent of a real solution, which would be to um, punish anybody um, who hired anyone who wasn't qualified to work in the, in the USA. Be it. Um, you don't lost your mind, man. You don't lost your mind. Be it a private citizen or corporation. And if it's a corporation, um, not only will you pay some kind of fine, but um, you run the risk of losing your business license. That'll solve all the problems. Um, and because a wall is not going to solve a problem. Um, you know, screw a wall. They got tunnels. They have ports of entry. <laughs> they a wall small. Um, a wall that actually probably keep out a lot of the folks you may want here in terms of folks that are do some um, migrant labor. Um, but it's not going to keep out any of those things that Trump is uh, lying about that they're going to keep out. <clears throat> For me, a wall is nothing more than the equivalent of um, the, the the rebel statues, um, you know, of uh, Lee and all these um, Southern Civil War, quote unquote, heroes were really losers. Um, it's nothing but kind of a symbol. Um, so I'm not interested in the wall. No, I'm interested in the real solution. 
And um, yeah, Cory Booker or um, uh, Kamala or um, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, um, Bernie Sanders, you know, um, they just have, they're, they're limited in terms of um, real solutions. You know, you really would have to take all five or six of them and pull out the best what solution? answers. What are the, and, and what are the solutions do you want? What are the solutions do real you solutions. want? I want all okay. real solutions. Name, name a real solution for me. They're talking um, about Medicare for all. They're talking about. Um, they're talking about. They're, they're they, talking about. They can't. Okay, so I'm sure that, Obama talked well, about. Well, let me put it like this. Obama talked about immigration reform, and they had a bill that passed the Senate. And the only thing problem with holding it up was. Paul Ryan, he wouldn't bring it to the floor. So who's hmm. who hasn't got solutions? Oh, didn't he uh, do an executive order for that eventually? He did an executive executive order for DACA because Paul Ryan held the bill and would not bring it to the floor, so he could sign the bill, so they could mm-hmm. vote on it and he could sign it, and there would have been no need for an executive order for the DACA kids. Mm-hmm. So that was immigration, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at look at the look at the bigger picture, look at the things that that uh did you hear the clip I played with uh Tom Hartman and what the yeah, polls heard, say heard. about what the what the people what the majority of the people want. This is not far left. This right. is not far Correct. left. Correct. This is a centrist position. And which one of these candidates aren't right there with the, with those ideas? See, it's one thing to have the well, idea and disseminate that idea. It's another thing to be able to pass it. And as long as you've got hateful, bigoted Republicans there, they're not going to allow anything to pass. Well, yeah, we're, okay. we're, this is um, this is these are aspirationals, aspirations we're talking about right now. We're not talking about what they can do in reality right now, because <laughs> um, they can't, because they don't have. Control. Well, that's the truth. But that's the truth. But do you think yeah, it's fair absolutely. to say that they don't have solutions? When when you're well, getting the only um, solution you're getting from Donald Trump is we'll see what happens. No, no, I want to always hear solutions. I don't want to. I don't need. To exchange rhetoric with Trump I always want To hear solutions I don't need um, I don't need the back and forth You know somebody starts talking about uh, What was the story this week Um, um, These entitlement programs Which are entitlements People actually pay into that stuff um, For an expected return but the um the social security I'm, all I need to hear is that we're gonna we're gonna um we're going to raise the limit, and you know you're gonna be taxed social security for every dollar that you make or something like that. that's all I need to hear. I don't need to hear any other rhetoric. I don't need to hear any other suggestion. I don't need to hear any other back and forth. Just give me a real solution. Um, the solution. Talking the solution about, of raising. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, or getting rid, getting rid of the the the, the limit, the threshold, the hundred. What is it, about a hundred? Yeah. 
$20,000 or whatever it is now. Something like that. Something $147,000, something like that. But that has been the solution. And the only people raising that solution are Democrats. They are simply oh, yeah. being blocked from that solution. <clears throat> you see, all of the things, that, the solutions you want to call solutions, are what Democrats and progressives are after. And they're simply being shamelessly mm-hmm. blocked, just like they filibustered 300 times Obama. And then you got people sitting around talking about, what has Obama done? He couldn't do a damn thing because of the filibuster. No, no, Obama had a nice long list of his accomplishments anytime you ask him. I would, no, I'm, uh, That's what I'm no, saying. He had. Despite the filibuster, he still had a long list of accomplishments. But right. the things so that helped the middle stories. class fell by the wayside because of the filibuster. And I know in reality, yeah, the filibusters actually happened, but I can't hear about the filibusters and then hear about this 200-item, long-item list of his accomplishments. It's, it's, I can't go in both directions at the same time. You're going to pull me apart. can't do it. And I guess my biggest fear is um, I don't want Obama 2.0, be it Kamala or Kamala or be it Cory Booker or who else. I'm not doing Obama 2.0. So I don't have a problem hearing anybody bringing up real conflicts and um, be it the person's um, voting history, um, the things they did questionable um, that were like corpuses or not in black folks' interest, um, you know, just not being not being um, forthcoming. I don't. I mean, anybody that wants to bring up any of those issues with anybody, any of the candidates, I'm all for it. You know, I want um, I want total um, um, transparency. On all the issues, I don't want, I don't need a motion. Um, but my main object, objective is not to do Barack 2.0. I'm just not gonna have it. I'm not, I'm not trying to hear any of it. Um, you know, and anybody that takes offense to the idea of Obama 2.0 is um, not being good enough or being bad even. I mean, that's that's whoever's issue. That's not mine. Um, and of course, we know Trump is garbage. I'm not even going to make the comparison to Trump to anybody else. Um, I'm just not doing Obama 2.0. So <clears throat> in terms of... Uh, so we get Trump again. So let's see. We no, just might as no, well just no, Trump's stay not a, Trump's not a, No, Trump's not a, Trump is not an issue. Excuse, I mean, excuse me. He's not an option. Trump's not an option. I'm just not doing Obama 2.0. So I'm not, I'm not making a comparison. It's like when I used to tell uh, um, like uh, kids in the family that they need to do something, and they say or what? I, I ain't say or nothing. Or get your ass up and do it. There's no. It's not an option. Trump's not an option. I'm not making a comparison ever. Just that you're not an option. Uh, and, and the reason I say it, the reason I say it like that, House, is that at this point in time, I'll take Obama 2.0. Period. It's better than what you got. And it's nah, a, and, and, and nah, continue to fight. Okay, not doing okay. That's, how we got, that's how we got Trump. No, because now, now, well, now we know better. No, that's not how we got Trump. We got Trump because they cheated. 
17 different ways of Sunday, well, and all of them work. That's how we got Trump. Well, they all cheat. They, they, get Trump. they, they cheated. They cheated their asses off, and uh, that's, that's what we got. We got Trump. That's how we got Trump. It wasn't because of lack of anything. It's because they cheated. Nobody, uh, I can't do a that lot of, A lot of us wanted Jill Stein. A lot of us wanted Jill Stein, the Russian operative, sitting at the table with Mike Flynn and Putin. Yes, Everybody was talking about the Green Party here. The Green. That's, you can remember me asking you where you're going. You, you can that's, remember me asking you. You heard me keep telling you we go. I'm going left, right? I kept telling you I'm going left, and we we have been going left, and left is not Obama 2.0. You're gonna look left. Obama 2.0 ain't left. Obama 2.0 is to your right. You're going left. It's citrus. But all it's that other citrus. stuff. He's to your right. Exactly. I'm going to talk about going left. And I said all that other stuff that happened, all those different methods, 17 different methods, they all took all a little bit, a little chunk, um, a little strategically placed uh, um, um, switcheroo. And it got them the result that they desired, which was Trump in office. Except they cheated. So what? So they what cheated. about Joe Biden? Ooh, no, I ain't big on Joe Biden either. Um, Joe Biden got too much um, long, long history. And um, bro, let me nah. put it to you like this. Let me put it to you like this. You either vote blue no matter who, or you settle for another four years of Donald Trump. You've got a choice. I'm, I'm, I'm going to vote will, blue. You will have a but, choice. But in this, in this uh, run-up to the um, choosing the Democrat, Democratic nominee. Well, the, um, well, the primary, yeah, I understand. My, right, that, that, and that's where we're in right now. And my objective is no Obama 2.0. In this primary season, no, I'm saying no. And, yeah, but let's not do what Obama did and start negotiating from a position of weakness. Let's talk about what happens after the primary, after the primary. Because if if it's right now, it's vote blue no matter what, then we're setting ourselves up to get possibly get the worst candidate, uh, left candidate possible. Because we're going to vote blue no matter what. And that's the advantage that black folks have been taking, or that's how black folks have been taking advantage of for years, voting for Democrats. They'll give us the worst freaking candidate, and we're going to end up voting for them because we vote Democrat. So let's not start that negotiation from a position of weakness. Let's get strong. Well, you know you're right. Saying? I mean, but, but you're right about that. You're right about that. And I'm simply saying this to you. I understand the primary fight and taking that strong stance in the primary. But when Mm -hmm. you get down to the general, it'll be a Democrat or Trump. Excuse me. Yeah, that's agreed. But um, like I said, let's work on what we can work on before we get to that that point. Um, You know, and it may take... No, we strike that. No, no, no. It may take, um, you know, collectively, um, a lot of people who are, are left like me to hold our nose 
and cast the vote. I'm talking about for the primary. There you go. Um, there you go. All nobody. I'm talking about is political reality. Yeah, and yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to dodge that at all. Um, but we got to do. We we still need to press um, what we can press. We can still not settle in areas that we um, shouldn't settle. You know. Well, you're right. That's you're right, right about thinking. that. I don't think we should. I don't think we should settle. This is the part where you grab them around their neck and drag them to the left. <laughs> this is the, that's what the primary is. You grab them around their neck and drag them to the left. People like Christian Gillibrand, she don't have a shot. She don't have a, she don't have a snowball's chance in hell. Well, she's mm-hmm. in there. Fine, well, I don't listen to what you got to say. And I would just, you know, I'm just pulling it. I don't have to hold my nose and vote for your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, let me put it like this. I'll, I'll hold my nose and vote for you if Al Franken's going to vote for you, okay? It's about political reality. There's absolutely nothing to do with making certain uh, calculations as to uh, who's going to be the the most progressive because when you get right down to it, ain't nobody no damn progressive. <laughs> when you get to that get to that general election, it's blue. It's blue. There you go. Talk Somebody about to reverse it. Let's do the primary. Come on, let's do the primary first. We're going to be in the primary And they've already They've already uh, um, Bastardized the primary Look at all of these They're making jokes about how many People in but you didn't You didn't hear them with the jokes About the numbers when Republicans had a stage full of people Yeah they had 17 people people on the stage Didn't they? Sitting at the kiddie table Sitting at the kiddie table had to be in the say in the in the backup debate, but it's always you see the media has a great deal to do with this, and I just wish they would begin to call the media out. Be journalists, don't be right wing hacks. The media is trying to sell um, ad time for the debates and everything else they're trying to do. So, you know, knowing their motivation is money. Uh, you know, we ain't really got a trip on that. Unfortunately, there'll always be a, a certain percentage of this population that'll fall um, for it. But you know, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do? Really, what, what, what can you do about it? It'll all, all that, all that stuff will work its, work itself out. Um, and hopefully, who knows? Maybe Mueller will come perp walk Trump out of the White House one day before that any of that happens. You know, then no, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. That ain't, you know. I can hope. I would like, I I understand, I understand. Hope and change, I understand. But there should be legislation drafted and a challenge because nowhere in the Constitution does it say the president is above the law. And if he has broken laws, and he has, He's a money launderer. He's a, mm-hmm. a, a, a conspiracy against America. 
I mean, he's lied to the American people. He's got campaign finance violations, which he is an unnamed, unindicted co-conspirator, named by someone pleading guilty, his lawyer. And Mm -hmm. this, 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 this verbiage of Michael Cohen's a liar, he can't be trusted. Well, hell, he was on your side for 11 years. He did your dirty yeah, work was, for 11 years. Yeah, he was his personal mouthpiece liar. So, you know, he's right. He's 100% right. He was working for, for Trump all the other time. So, yeah. Well, well I, I can, and I have to reserve a little hope. Um, because really, whether it happens in this term or after he loses in 2020 and he's a private citizen again, he has to go to jail. He has to be purple. Oh, yeah. He has to be fingerprinted. Yeah, he needs to be in jail. It needs to be a trial. It needs to then let the media make their money off of that. Um, the, the only thing that's going to put this salve on this wound for him to go to jail. He's done too much. He's he's too well, stupid. Well, you remember you remember the last Republican president who needed to go to jail and didn't. Yeah, well, you know, he got all those pardons from uh, didn't Ford pardon Nixon and no, I'm talking whatever, about whoever and whatever. Oh, I'm talking about sure. W. Bush. Wasn't um, the very same Obama. the very same actors talking about looking forward and not looking backwards. Nancy Pelosi, yeah, impeachment is off the table. Right. You know, yeah, Obama. These are the these are the these are the same people that we have no choice about now. Nancy Pelosi is a uh, she's the 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 majority speaker. She's the speaker of the house. Mm-hmm. Period. And all of those Democrats who were talking about who were talking against her, they weren't gonna vote for. How many of them came over and voted for her? Because they knew yep. they not to vote for her. There was the two people who started, I forget his name, the people who started this never Nancy Pelosi stuff, now they're yep. just votes. They're just votes in the Congress. Their seniority mm-hmm. has been trashed, and that's, and, it should, and that's the way it should be. You shoot mm-hmm. at the queen or the king and you miss, your career should yep. die. Yeah, that's what happens. That's politics. I'm not debating that. I'm not um, debating it or questioning it. I'm just, um, I think I'm just pointing out some. I'm pointing out things that other people see and other people question. I think I'm not that bright, and if I can see it and question it, I think some other folks can. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so I ain't I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer. So uh, when you got when you're living in the the time of Trump, I mean, you don't have to be the sharpest knife to be able to cut uh, deeper than that dude. I mean, oh, this is bad, man. This is really bad, really, really yeah. bad. And I don't think we've seen the worst of it. Even all the damage he's already oh, done. We haven't. We haven't. Vladimir, this is a slow walking coup. This is the destruction of our democracy. All for mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin. 
and Donald Trump. Yep. I think he should be jailed for treason. I think he should be brought up on charges of treason. So, oh, sedition? Can we get sedition? I think we can get sedition. I would say treason <laughs> Whatever. because because the the attack. They, what do they call the cyber attack? Was the equivalent of a nine eleven cyber cyber war. Mm-hmm. I, I think this man should be brought up on treason. Period. I I'll go for it. I'll support and I, that. And I think that we should, you know, stand our ground against him. Yeah, every time. Literally stand every our ground time. against him. Yeah, I agree. Hey, man, I'm going to let you boogie. Thank you about all the time. But uh, thanks for the convo. Yeah, I got Talk to you soon, brother. I got about three minutes and 30 seconds left in the show. Thank you for your call, House. Appreciate it. Thanks, Alpha. Nobody is still coming to the chat room, and uh, hopefully everybody has heard me. I've been running off at the mouth for an hour and 57 minutes, and uh, if you didn't come in the chat room, shame on you. (laughs) We've got uh, a lot of things that I wanted to, more things that I wanted to cover, but uh, clock on the wall is telling us we got to go now. And I don't know how India was was closing out her show, but uh, there's so much here. And uh, <laughs> I just need to ask a few questions about what is it that these clips say? Exactly what do they do? I want to thank House Music Lover. Let's call. I want to thank you all for your listening. And the more I look for, let's see what this one does. participating in this particular moment of the show in this particular problem when you hear when you hear a little silence it's because uh I'm scanning the board here <laughs> I'm scanning the board to see exactly what all of this is but uh I know India knows what it all is, and uh, that's why that's why I added a few clips of my own. So join India next week or whenever she returns for the real ball right now of the India Declare show. As India always says, know your value, know that you matter. It's the India Declare show. Real raw and right now. Good evening, all.
Until next time. No matter what, know your values. No matter what, know you matter. The I Declare a Show, home of Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. I Declare a Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. The I Declare a Show, real raw right now talk media, I Declare it. The I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Oh, she's still there? Are you sure?